0: Politics, where bitches get drunk and talk politics. I'm Ray. I'm Mishy, and I'm Michelle, your host. Welcome everybody, and happy Fourth of July, Merca! Right? Happy, happy <laughs> Mirka. birthday, Merca! <laughs> happy Independence Day, all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, want to just welcome all of our new delegates. To anybody that you know joined us the last podcast, or is joining us for the first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, We get a little rowdy, you know. Yeah. And welcome to our sustaining delegates, drunk delegates, our super drunk delegates. (laughs) Which we're on the road there right now. So, with that being said, what are we drinking tonight, ladies? We pre-gamed with a
1: Burlwood Cellars Pinot Noir. Hold on. Was
0: this our (laughs) pre-pre-game?
1: Okay, now we're getting complicated. I know. This was our our first pre-game. Our first pre-game, which... Went very well with the pork that Michelle um, made. was delicious. It was a Burbled Cellars Pinot Noir, California 2017. You call it vintage. Vintage. <laughs> you call it a little vintage. Vintage, vintage. brush on a budget. <laughs> so this was uh, a medium body, uh, semi dry, definitely notes of cherry, Ray. Right? Um, I love it. And hilarious. it had sweet, fruity flavors. So it's very light. Like I said, it was not full body. It was medium body, which I really enjoyed. It paired very well. It didn't overpower the taste of the pork, but it definitely complemented it with those sweet flavors. This is definitely best enjoyed with spicy foods, which the pork was marinated in sriracha. Mm -hmm. Um, And that definitely (laughs) uh, brought that out. And this is, again, from California, uh, from Burwood Cellars. And this came in at uh acl 13 percent, which was very good i definitely nice. felt it with my dinner this was delicious i enjoyed it and would do this one again I'm it was wondering. it was really it's good it should be
0: like our dinner wine just i
1: was about to say that it's a great food wine. yeah great food yummy
0: i yeah. a good one to start out with
1: yes it
0: was yummy i got a buzz i, got a buzz. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about y'all it, it, it came in its all Um, And then our second pregame. And then our second
1: pregame is also a California variety. It's just a table red. And it's called... It's It's not just a table red. It is the table table red. (laughs) red. Well, it's not like a specific variety. It's a mixture of things. Um, And this is from Intermingle. And this is a cab, which means it had notes of Blackberry. uh, As you always say... (laughs) Very firm tannins, like our tannins. Some of us are allergic, but don't doesn't stop us either way. <laughs> no. um, she slurring.
0: powers through. Y'all. I'm not slur- I'm not slurring yet.
1: And uh, since this is a table wine, for the most part, these tend to be a mixture of things. They're they're a mixture of more than just one wine. And my understanding is, in this particular variety, they have siffendale, Merlot, and Cabernet. And um, comes together, and then they make a just delicious. Bold. It's a very bold, dry red wine. Good notes of what did you taste? Did you taste this one? I don't even remember. Okay. Glug, glug me, and I'll tell you. (laughs) Glug, glug you, sis. Swirl on that.
0: Fruit. (laughs) Some of those berries. Mm Mhm.
1: It's a berry. Definitely blackberries. Definitely blackberries. There you go, Ray. Well, You're I have a little bit. You already said it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said berries. I didn't say it yeah. could be cherry. Could be kind oh, of okay. berry. You okay. raspberries. What's the ale? ALC acl what is it okay. it's a, what's the ALC A-L-A-L-C. ALC ALC mm-hmm. alcohol uh, and it's 13.5 in this particular bottle and again it has those fresh blackberry fresh raspberry definitely a bold vibrant it red mm-hmm. um lingers on the palate full body for sure <laughs> lingers on the palate look at ray with all that wine though <laughs> <ago. laughs> And yes, but I do, I I tasted this one and I liked it. And what I do like is that those blackberry notes definitely balance out well with those tannins, which are very bold in this wine. And so, but it's also smooth, which I really enjoy. Uh, We had this at room temperature and I thought it was just fine, but you could also have it as low as 55 degrees. So it's definitely...
0: Oh wow! Well, there's more
1: in that bottle, so mm. I'm gonna take you want to finish the it team. off. You could definitely I'll pop this in the fridge some. for ten minutes and have it ready for dinner. And this pairs well with your cheeses. And I'm oh, damn just, it, and I was gonna damn do. It. We're gonna do some cheese or things that combine jam and fruit together or jam and meat
0: whatever just would yeah, go perfectly.
1: one of these days we'll plan that stuff But we'll, like we'll we're will. doing good y'all we have we're to trying to make, take pictures first <laughs> we're still
0: working our way we need to do an afternoon pot and that's when I feel like I would get out the cheese a
1: brunch pot yes
0: the cheese and cracker plate
1: and our third bottle of the night oh my god <laughs> I it's
0: know.
1: early it's that kind of night is a 2017 Cabernet Cabernet Sauvignon from Paso, which is from Paso Robles, Carson Ridge. Oh.
0: Um,
1: it is a namesake after our host, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, now that everyone knows your name, the Google is. all out there, y'all. Um, just, yeah, just come back to the pod if you do Google hearts. So. <laughs> totally fine. You'll be you fine. You won't find shit. You won't find anything. She's great at concealing. Or fuck shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this, again, is a cab. And this variety of cab is best enjoyed, again, with soft cheeses. So that means, like, your brie. You ever, you ever, you ever put brie in, like, the oven with, like, blueberries at the yes. bottom? Yes. So this would pair very well with that. Yeah, I've never
0: done that before. It's delicious.
1: Yes, it is absolutely delicious. So this would pair very well with that. And mm. Ray, I know you're wondering what the L.C. comes in at. I do. That's all, all I care about. about.
2: I'm a number. <laughs> so
1: Carson Ridge comes in. Just this, uh, this cab comes in at thirteen point five L.C. And this is gonna be a very strong, bold wine. Uh, it's gonna be heavy on Italians, but this one's also gonna be oaky. As cabernets tend to be, and it's gonna ring off those very delicious ripe berry notes that we all love, and it's gonna be bold in color, which is gonna be very dark, which means mm. it's gonna be delicious. So, pop that shit. We're going to pop this shit. Let's see what Carson tastes like. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that's what he said. <laughs> all right, we ready? <laughs> you ready? All right. Are we ready? Okay. Yes. You ready, ready? I'm ready. I don't hear the excitement. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Ooh! Get ready! Oh. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Let me see a glass, Michelle. See what you taste like. Good. Ooh, <laughs> a nice and dark and <laughs> berry.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Tell me tell me what you think.
0: Ooh, that's good. Definitely
1: bold. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And dry. Mm-hmm. Like... Nice. <laughs> not
0: not like me. <laughs> Hey. It's bold like you. It's bold like you, honey. Bold, but not dry. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. The wine is dry. Wine
1: another is dry. pod, y'all. Yes. Bio. That's that's for the uh, the after
0: show.
2: It's for the nasty girls <laughs> spinoff.
1: I love it,
0: Miss, are you digging something out of your glass? Yeah, your dog's hair. <laughs> oh
1: my god! I'm sorry.
0: Don't <laughs> no worry. I tried. Damn my nice. vacuum. It does. It's everywhere. She lives here, so yeah. It's probably Brady's. <laughs> it's Brady's right. the one that has the flyaway hair. Where is it? It's it it, Do you want me to just get you another glass? No,
1: it's good. I've already picked like twenty
0: out of here.
2: Are so. you kidding? She ate. There were bugs and stuff. No, that oh, no, that her. was me.
0: That was you. When we had. Oh. Yeah, she ate her in West Texas. Oh, her, wine yes.
1: and protein.
0: Yeah, it's oh, right. God. Just a few gnats in my wine. Nothing bad. I was already drunk. It didn't matter. Ugh. All right, Michelle. All right. So,
1: Ooh, this week,
0: is... of course, this week of course um, was 4th of July. So, everybody was doing their Barbies, barbecues, Barbies, Barbies. Barbies. Are sure. you Australian? That's what they call them in uh, Australia. Uh, yeah. the, 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 the Bobby The Bobbies, The yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Becky was having lots of barbecues this weekend or interrupting lots Barbecue, of Barbecue
1: Becky was being Calling the cops. <laughs> yeah.
0: Using too much seasoning. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking up shit. Uh-huh. Burning that meat. Uh-huh. <laughs> but our fearless, or who I like to call our non-fearless orange man, yeah, decide, finally got his, the parade of his dreams approved. His military parade, which was not a military parade at all. It, it was a sad it was display a s- of a parade. It was... Uh, Mm.
1: A dick measuring contest of the worst kind is what yeah. it, I would like to call it. And honestly And he came up short. And he, as always. <laughs> as always. <laughs> ball, ball. <laughs> <Cha-ching, ding. laughs> um I made it funny. <laughs> he was hoping to go out there and compete with the Kim King Jong-un's King Kim Jong un. Kim hello. Girl, line. Line. The Putins. The Putins of the world and hoping to measure up. These are his the heroes. Adolf, the
0: Adolf Hitlers of the, the world. The Adolf
1: Hitlers being that he is the... Because
0: that's, that's, that's who all those people mimic is, is the Hitler praise. He
1: wants to be yeah. a dictator so badly and this is just... The drew, like he said, parade of his dreams. Mm-hmm.
0: He was hoping to measure up. He looks have up I've to ever, these people. all of them salute him, even though he's never right. served a fucking day of his life in the fucking military and got out with Oh, them.
1: you mean the bone sparrow king. Yeah. Uh, bone spurs. Bone spurs. That's his sparrow.
0: <laughs> God, I'm so drunk. Damn, hello. I'm so drunk. <laughs> bone spurs made it bones. <laughs> <laughs> is what she's
1: picturing.
0: Bone He probably does have bone sparrows. He
1: probably does. Whatever they are. Um, he's wanted this since he went to France
2: and they had that Bastille Day celebration back in 2017. He's right. like, well, he just, I want
1: that. I want that. And it's, it's no mistake that he's the first president to ever be on North Korean soil in like forever in a day. Yeah. These are the people he looks up to. He admires people who force their power on others. The people who exert power on other people unwillingly. These are the people he admires. So... It rained. <laughs> God so it was watching. Was delayed. It was delayed, and there was lightning storms. And apparently, there may be reports that it might have worked because he got a better showing supposedly than he did at the inauguration. Uh, as far as people who came to watch this, but he can't really have credit for that. I mean, it's also people are celebrating America, right? People just want to watch Washington in Washington DC. Yeah. Um, so there's that. So I'm sure that may gave him such a hard on. Uh, about him. Having-
0: did you hear? Uh, so, Rep- Representative Ted Liu out of California, I'm, I saw him um, on TV today, and he was talking about how he would like to investigate, go figure, investigate Trump for something else. Because um, the man just does something illegal every day. Oh, like. totally. Um, but they were giving major. The RNC was giving major donors.
1: Yes, VIP
0: like tickets. VIP tickets, right? which is a total conflict of interest. It
1: is totally, since this was America's it, celebration. It was a
0: taxpayer parade, right? and they were given RNC to major donors, like, first, you know, like, front row seats.
1: Yes. Yeah, so let's break that down. They were doing that, but apparently they'd also gotten desperate because the VIP section still
0: wasn't full <laughs> an hour ahead of the parade. So then the R- some R- major C- donors turned him down because right. they're like, "He's gonna have tanks and shit like Russia. This is not cool."
1: So the RNC right. was definitely responsible for giving tickets, which was very kind of weird mm-hmm. uh, in the VIP section. So Dad was like, "Ooh," and then. There's, they're not releasing the total numbers of how much this fucking parade cost us, but this parade had to borrow $2.5 million from the National Park Service uh-huh. to be funded. So that means at its very base, it was more than $2.5 million because they had to borrow yes. this at a time where we're needing more upkeep in our national parks and all sorts of stuff like that. And I mean, to even prioritize something like this, when we have kids in cages who don't have supplies... Flint still needs water. Mm-hmm. Puerto Rico is still rebuilding. We have a lot of things that are going on that we could put 2.5 million dollars towards that are not a dick measuring contest. I, right. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but no. I'm just like well, this the is the most is,
0: and, and like you said that's lowballing it. Right. Right. If you think about just the aircraft carrier. Oh yeah. The tanks and all that. We're looking at. I, I read it could be upwards of 10 million dollars. Right. Plus just because of the military equipment. Mm-hmm. Shipping it
1: there. Because the, the tanks came from Georgia. Right. So that was definitely not cheap, it's not it's not cheap it's to not ship cheap. a tank. No. It's not like you're going to fucking FedEx the shit. No. Right. Hey, will you fucking FedEx my tank. No, that's <laughs> not how it works. Uh, so we definitely paid a pretty penny for this. And it's, uh, it's it's a waste of money. And, you know, there are people who are veterans, people who fought in wars, Military parades are for dictators, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what they are. Right. You know, it's a show of power and basically showing everybody around you how big your guns are and all. We don't yeah. have to do that. We have the best military in the world. We don't have to throw on a show to prove that. Because they wanted,
0: I, I think that Truman was getting, I think it was Truman, yeah, was getting pressure to do a parade of some sorts after World War II. Mm-hmm. And he said, absolutely not. We won the war.
1: Right, right. We, don't, we don't need we don't this need military show of power. Everybody right. on the we planet are. knows we are the military. Yeah. So this is nothing but an egotistical fucking way to just sh- peruse his ego or whatever the word is to make himself feel good. It has nothing to do with the American people. I will, I will let you get into the speech, but <laughs> I, the founding fathers at the airport in 1776 are not fond of this. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan. This was a disappointment.
2: (laughs) Look, that Continental Army, they took over the airports during the Revolutionary War. That's all I know. That is what I learned from our president. He taught me about that. I didn't realize that. You didn't
1: know that. I did not know that. Texas schools, you have failed me. They have failed you, considering (laughs) that the airplane was invented 100 years later. Right.
2: I Um... grew up, prior to being a Texas girl, I grew up in Boston. You would think that I would know... (laughs) That Logan Airport was a major (laughs) fighting ground.
1: Who would have known? And I did not know. Yeah. That Delta Airlines was involved as well.
0: (laughs) Who would have known that it was such... One if by sea, two if by Delta. Oh. (laughs) And and, and then he goes on to... He blames on the... First he says he wasn't using a teleprompter. And then I think he realized the fuckery shit that he said, and then he's like, the teleprompter was wrong. So you mean no. somebody wrote that in a fucking speech? Are you a fucking kidding me?
1: Well, if they did, no. if, if if the speechwriter did write that, they did to show what a complete fucking dipshit he you know, really is. Stephen Miller writes most of his speeches. So yeah.
2: Stephen Miller, as, as horrible and hate-filled a person as he is,
1: <laughs> maybe he was trolling him.
2: No, he worships him. He's yeah. like, I will defend President
1: Trump anytime, anywhere, any anyplace. Either way, yeah. Steve, whether you wrote it or not, I'm, it was great. Because it showcased what we already knew to the world. That our idiot. president's and, fucking piece of shit. And gave Thursday
2: some of the best tweets <laughs> ever.
1: The weekend, really. It's still the, going. Oh, it's
2: still going? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fabulous. This is almost as bad, good as the second
1: civil war that we had like last year. Oh, uh, the second civil war. The second civil um, war. Um, you know oh, George was writing for, for all the that war there was. is to be said about my problematic fave W, <laughs> who gave us the greatest eight years of late night television that there is. There I never was. thought that, that there until ever was. was until he gave, now. Hey,
0: he gave us strategy.
1: He gave I use strategy almost every pod. So. So what is does everybody? I think it's been one. I, web I strategy, love yeah. strategy. <laughs> I love me some W. Okay, and. This I never thought that there would be anything to rival that, and in such in the most idiotic way possible. Fool me once, shame on you. And Fool me twice,
2: shame on you. On,
1: don't don't get fooled again. Don't get. Fooled. <laughs> and apparently it's a thing here in Texas, um, which I didn't. You We know, have lived here for a while and have yet to hear, but it's okay. W. Which trivia?
2: He was not as stupid when he said that as you would think he is. The problem was, is in the moment he realized if he said, "Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame <laughs> on me." Is what it's supposed to be, but he realized if he said that a clip of him saying uh-huh. "shame on me" yeah. would go viral uh-huh. and, and, and it, it would be it aired reused. over and over and over again. Well, it so didn't work, did it? because this, this still aired over off. and over
1: again. Damn it, we so, should co- we should get W on the pod. <laughs> yeah, hey W, be up for It's
2: not that far.
1: He's in hell <laughs> Park, right it's around the
2: Dallas. corner. <laughs> okay, so back to. Um, Trump and his lovely extravaganza. There were critics that were talking about the fact that he stood financially to benefit from all of these celebrations because the watchdog group Citizen for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, which is called CREW, I think it's kind of cool C R E W. They noted that prices for Trump's Washington hotels have skyrocketed over the holiday weekend. Hmm. One guess why? But, all those like, expensive. Trump ads doesn't people. own Trump Hotel. Well, but he benefits his, from...
1: He's a shareholder, from The but he Washington own. Hotel. Right. Does he still own that? I'll well, he because if his name is on it, he's he is benefiting. He's still yeah, getting he's something. He's still getting something. Okay, it. there's yeah. that. Yeah. Because I know the fucker doesn't even own any of the hotels because he had to sell no, his name
0: they, after filing bankruptcy. Right. Party. They they basically lease his name, but mm-hmm. right. they also have to pay him a portion a of portions. the A portion. So he still benefits for, anyway. For leasing his name. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Which is why... That's
1: me pouring wine through my pain. Also, um, the gods opened up the skies and poured, basically gave us the pour down of our lives. They That delayed the parade. It was thunder. It was lightning. The gods were not pleased. Um, and I was hoping that the whole thing was going to be canceled. Oh, period. I was too. I was like, wouldn't um, this
0: be beautiful? Right. But,
1: uh, all I know torrential is all
2: those rivers. Christians that blame every kind of weather event on God being mad at us for <laughs> sinning and whatnot. I didn't see any pictures of rain during pride parades. Nope. Mm-mm. There was
1: nothing but, actually there was a double rainbow here in Dallas. <laughs> during <and a laughs> Pride. Double fucking rainbow during pride. Uh-huh. And what does Trump get? A torrential monsoon. <laughs> a, a tsunami heel for rainport. Yeah, it was trash. God knew it was trash. So
2: also You're just
1: letting him know. He peed all over it. <laughs> and also
2: I, I hate to bring this up, but I feel like I have to. Did anybody see the pictures of Melania at that event? Oh, yeah. Was it the Nippley pictures? Okay. So, there's the Nippley pictures, which... I'm a nipple phobe. Like, I'm so fucking paranoid. are you paranoid. A nipple phobe? I'm so paranoid of my nipples showing through. I wear like 15 layers. I really? have padded bras. For, I have very prominent oh, nipples on. Oh, I know. This is for a different pod. And I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, London, but you already so, know. I have very prominent nipples. You tend
0: to notice other people's nipples. I do. And
2: so it is one of those things where I'm just like, <laughs> oh, you need a better bra. You know? So I'm not judging her for it. It's a, it, a choice that I would not make for myself. So I don't shame her for it. Or Free the anything. nipple. I'm a
1: fan of the nipple. You know what I
2: mean? I think that's just a personal choice. Now, I do feel like, I mean, and again, me personally, I feel like it does not look as classy to have your nipples showing like that. But oh, come on. Don't be like again, that. Again, that's me. And maybe that's being a little prude. Okay. You're being a little prude. I'm being yeah. a little prude. Okay. So I don't have a problem with that. What I do have a I don't know, problem, concern, is, is the fact that I think sis had a little bit too much Botox. Because if you go look at her face, it is extremely round and tight and puffy. Um, I, I, I think that the last the reason why she didn't go to the G20 she was, is she them, was having like, the and get some work yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Because she looks like she can't move her face. <laughs>
1: She's, She's over here like,
2: trying. I can't feel my face when I, I'm with
1: I you. I personally think Melania is trying to stamp that smile on her face permanently so she doesn't have to be bothered to do it because it takes so much muscle energy for her that she just figured, you know what? Just fucking plaster this shit on me. So Botox me but, a smile. Botox me a smile, bro. Um, the nipples, I don't care. I don't, so I don't wear a padded bra because I don't need the padding. So my nipples are going to be looking at you right in the eyes. I'm good with that. It doesn't bother me. Like Rachel, the <laughs> the house. they're, they're going <laughs> to greet you and say, hello, how you doing? I mean, considering that we've seen Melania all sorts of ways, the nipples bother the me. Least least. Of it. It's true. Um, But look, when it comes to Melania, y'all know how I feel. Yeah. She is just I've a hostage it. in this thing. I and I am lo- in solidarity with her. I am just so annoyed at the amount of people though, that ripped Michelle Obama. Michelle
2: Obama, because
1: sucker <laughs> blue, her arms because she's got her mess. She yeah. has her fucking, fucking guns showing. Guns showing. The only good guns in this world. They were just intimidated. You by know, fabulous. Things. And yeah. and
2: if she did anything, it was like, oh, and then there, don't even get me started on the racist stuff about her looking like a gorilla or some mess like that. Because we what, know we all the most it.
1: Elegant, most beautiful. But yet
2: you see this, and and even if we were to go, well, Melania did all these photo Newt. shoots and stuff yeah. prior to all of this. Okay, fine. Well then can we at least compare Michelle Obama in a sleeveless dress? Well it's not gonna to happen Melania in it's, the nipple dress. It's not right. gonna
1: happen because here's the thing. Democrats don't shame people for their looks. Mm. Right? We don't we don't really no one's gonna shame Melania on a
2: Democratic side I for having a lot look. of People, I see a lot of Democrats wanting to slut shame her.
0: Really? Yes. Well, the shame on you, Democrats. Yes,
2: I agree. Shame we on you, Democrat. doing that? There's,
0: there's been a few that, and I think it's I think it's the backlash from it's the GOP yes. making fun of Michelle Obama, right? Or but the to right, right making fun. Don't so make a right. And exactly, and we
1: should. And Michelle wouldn't want that at all. No, she wouldn't. You know, because it's like, you, first of all, you couldn't slut-shame Michelle because you ain't got shit. No, no. And secondly, the only thing that you can shame her on is something that's God-given that she has... Like, you can shame someone on their natural looks when she happens to be beautiful. It's just racist. Yeah. Um. So if they're doing it in the name of Michelle Obama, definitely shame on you. That's not yeah. okay. But I, I personally, I haven't seen a lot of Democrats try to slut-shame her. Because, like, you know, for me, when any time a topic comes up that tries to shame her for anything, I'm like,
0: listen, she's a I hostage. think they the same thing. I think it's been just tweets, mainly. It's been yeah. nobody. It's it's not been a newscaster or anything. But I Democratic.
1: won't take away the fact that there's definitely a double standard there Absolutely. with how she's been treated. Melania yeah. has been able to go out there wear a fucking sweater that says I don't care to do you and nobody yeah. really says anything right. Um. other than when she went to the border right when she yeah, went to the, the border. border and I mean of course we brought that up because that is in poor taste in general yeah. right. and know? we talked about but, her going in looking like a colonizer right. in her piss hat but the Republicans are not really willing to say anything they have given her all sorts of leeway for. they couldn't even give Michelle half an inch for things right. she had no choice over but they have dubbed Melania the most greatest first lady of Class all time classy so so classy. So classy. So classy. <laughs> can you imagine like if, which I'm not slut shaming Melania, but can you imagine if Michelle wasn't the Harvard educated, most educated first lady of all time and had pictures that Melania had, uh, how hard of a time Obama would have had in that fucking tan suit. I'm telling you what. If she had even just been
2: a, can you imagine? She did swimsuit competitions somewhere. You know, like was it like in a Miss USA pageant or some right, shit right, like right. that?
1: Yeah. they'd have been like, "What, what
0: a whore!" The light D- dies out. Oh my god. Oh. How will we ever? All right, so Mishy, can you update us on 2020? Yes. Presidential oh. race. Oh. Uh, what the hell is going on with the devs? Has, any, has anybody dropped
1: out? Oh my God, you read my mind. I was just about to say, do we have an update? Has anyone dropped out? So, no, no, no one has dropped out. Uh, no one has dropped out yet. Um, here's the thing. A lot of people have, there have been talks out there that are suggesting that, you know what, bitch, if you've got less than 5%, you need to pack up your shit, and you need to go back home yeah. and reevaluate your life. And I yes. am in complete agreement. And sad to say, one of our own has been the biggest receiver of the scrutiny uh basically people have been telling beto to pack it up um Uh, because beto has uh fallen into the single digits in the polls so he i mean pete is doing better than him in most in most states and people are basically telling him hey you would have a better impact with this fundraising power that you have that packing stuff up Go back home to Texas. Take care of Cornyn. And you and I talked about that. There's a yes. lot of otherness with that because people are like MJ is already running, but then there are people who are like he has way more, way more media presence. He already has so oh, right money to beat. And I think I I don't I don't want to see Beto leave the presidential race because I feel like he's maybe one debate away from coming back. Uh, we have a, another round of debates towards the, the end, end of, of July. Yeah. But there's definitely been that scrutiny. so with the most, one of the most important states uh, is Iowa. And this poll was taken by Focus on Rural America, who was basically gauging how people are doing as far as the Iowa caucus goes. The percentage points that we have so far right now, we have Warren leading at 20 percent. We have Harris coming in second at 18 Mm percent. Biden coming in third at 17 percent. Sanders coming in fourth at 12 percent, Buttigieg coming in fifth at 10 percent, Klobuchar coming in sixth at 4 percent and Booker coming in seventh at 2 percent. And one of the, the things that was said here was they had to have polling reflected on debate winners and most voters said based on, de- on debate performance they were won over by Harris and Warren and Buttigieg. And so this is how they broke that down based on how the Iowa caucus voters who voted on this poll felt who was the winner overall of both of the two debates. So it was Harris with 34%, Warren with 16%, Buttigieg with 11%, Biden with 7 Castro with 6 brace yourselves because I'm going to give a lot of numbers okay. here, and okay. Sanders with 6%. And then they also talked about... How the improvement was between the polls and one of the things that they talked about is that there was a lot of improvement and the person who saw the most improvement was Pete Buttigieg who came in who came up at 84% improvement. I can see that. I know because
2: um, I, I know I was talking to a couple people that um, like even my sister was saying she didn't even know who he was. When I said Mayor Pete, she's like, Who? <laughs> I'm like, how have you never heard of him? I was like, seriously, you haven't heard anything? She's like, nothing. So, the debate was the first time she even saw anything for him. So, I think that for those of us that are following these things, like, we know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, a lot of people that follow this stuff only knew about 10 of the 20 candidates that made the debates anyway. And then, you know, for people like her that didn't even know some of the bottom five, uh, or those, you know, the bottom five of the top 10, I guess the the second five. (laughs) That was a good opportunity to bump them up. Sorry, I'm all over. No,
1: no, no, you're fine. You're absolutely fine. And one of the other things for for further breakdown of this Focus on Rural America poll was that their thing that they were saying was that there are now nine candidates with favorable ratings of at least 60% of likely Iowa caucus goers. Um, And the three candidates are Warren Harris and Buttigieg. Mm -hmm. They have a favorable rating of 80% or higher. And Iowa caucus goers appear to be choosing between multiple candidates whom they like over two-thirds of likely Iowa caucus goers say they have a positive impression of all three of Warren, Harrison, and Buttigieg. And 41% have positive impressions of those three as well as Biden and Sanders. So Sanders and Biden are not doing as well in, in the polling for the Iowa mm-hmm. caucus, which is very interesting. Uh, and just some interesting facts on the lower spectrum of okay. Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard and michael bennett and steve bullock who was not seen in the debates also have shown marked improvement with positive ratings rising between 13 and 16 percent
2: i can totally see how julian did and tulsi while she didn't do great i think she did have a couple of decent moments Mm -hmm. yeah you know yeah because i I did see i saw a lot of people in different groups that were in on facebook that were talking about her
1: and they also stated that compared to the previous survey in March. Uh, change especially had seen significant improvement, like I said earlier, as his positive rating moved from 44% to 80%, That's to awesome. clarify the numbers. Uh, and Warren at 88% positive has the highest favorability rating followed by Harris at 82% favorability. Booker is also maintaining very high ratings at 77% positive. So there's a lot of numbers there to break down and they're all break down in different tiers of most improved, who did the best at the debates and who they're likely to vote for at the Iowa caucus so it's definitely interesting poll and we will link it in a post because there's all sorts of different numbers of all sorts of different things um and again said to see that Beto is not even cracking any of these polls here the only poll that I was really able to find on him recently is how many people think that he should drop out.
2: See, I think the issue is that so, and I hate to say this because I really do see a lot of excitement about him, but I and think we love him. His home do, grown. we do, we totally do. But I think so much of the excitement for him was you can't, you didn't win in Texas for the Senate. Yeah, you might win because of the national attention you got for presidential but that was all during a period when nobody had announced right you yeah. know and so once you started seeing all the other people that announced it was like eh, yeah. you don't yeah. shine yeah. as bright
0: you don't shine as And bright. I and I mean let's not forget that one of the major subjects that he talks about is the controversy at the border right and kids right. in cages right. and he's passionate about that he's
1: very passionate and about that he yes.
0: and he's He's been doing work down there before any fucking senator or House of Representatives across he this was. nation right. went down there. Because it's so close to home He, for him. he grew and up, he's born and raised in El Paso, but he also knows that border. And like, we desperately need the Senate.
2: We desperately we need we the do. Senate.
0: And, and he's he, got a great plan for that.
2: And not just that, is that like, okay, like you were saying with your numbers, Warren, if Warren wins... She loses her Senate seat. That's one less Senate seat. Yeah, right. And so, what I was reading is that someone will get to appoint her replacement until they do a special election nine months later. Yeah, that's nine months. Nine months.
0: I think that it's safe to say that another Democrat will take Warren's place in Massachusetts. No,
2: not necessarily. Mm. Or you better get that bet, Massachusetts. Come on, then.
0: <laughs> Massachusetts. Chew, chew zits. Massachusetts. Chew zits. Like, oh my god. Let
2: me. Let me. It's a pet peeve of anybody from Massachusetts <laughs> on Southerners. I don't know why y'all can't say it,
1: Massa Chuzits, okay. What is it, Massachusetts? Yeah. What's wrong with that? I don't know. What did um, they say, yeah. Massachusetts. They add teeth, Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yes.
2: Yeah. Massachusetts. Is a lot oh, of times, what I hear great.
0: girl, don't let me. Don't let me fucking start like correcting you on your southern shit.
1: Ooh. <laughs> Well, before we, before we start this... Uh, I picked on the whole South just now. It wasn't just you. You just got to be the one that got the example. Before we end up with a bunch of Confederate flags being thrown out here, <laughs> I'm going to come back um, and bring back some balance. And want to talk about, as far as, again, this poll done by Focus on Rural America, again, takes account... How important rural America is to deciding this presidential race, considering that everybody and their mama wants to ignore them, but they're so important. Uh, One of the things that was stated by this poll was that of all of the debaters, of all of the candidates... The person who was the prime beneficiary of the debates—anybody want to guess who it is? Warren, Kamala, 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 ah, Kamala Harris. that so Kamala Ms. Harris, Harris you nasty, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Kamala she came in bold. She came in, <laughs> she had everything to gain. And according to this poll, Kamala Harris is the prime beneficiary of the debates, with Warren and Buttigieg mm, also yeah. receiving significant positive impact based on their debate performance because i did not
2: see and i know we're going back to our debates and we had two freaking episodes about it but yeah. but it was the big news there yeah. were no i did not see any negatives in either one of their performances whereas a lot of these other people were talking about yeah. they had negatives right mm-hmm. all they all pete did have was to climb and then um, Kamala.
0: Same with, yeah, same with it, Kamala. Kamala and I
2: was even surprising because Kamala and Warren were doing pretty well. Yeah. But they still climbed from yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And again, and according Bernie and, Biden and, and Biden and Beto all dropped. And according to this poll that we are going to um, definitely post so everyone can look at details in the numbers, there are three bullet points that I would like to take note of. The first one being. When asked to name one or more candidates who are not being actively considered for support due to their performance in the debates, 34% named Harris, 16% said they were now considering Warren, 11% said Buttigieg, 7 said Biden, 6, 6% said Castro, 6% said Sanders, and 5% said Booker. Which I think it's important to note of all these numbers that the person who had the most to lose, and I think we talked about this in this debate, was Biden. Biden, And he's definitely the loser of this debate. And I think I named him the loser of the debate. You did. Yeah, you did. Um, uh, For those who watched some or all of the debate, were more likely to now be supporting Harris with Warren in a close second. Those who didn't see the debates but followed it in subsequent media coverage leaned toward Warren, with Biden, Harris, and Sanders following. But those who have not seen nor followed coverage of the debates choose Biden in first place, with Sanders in second. Name recognition. Mm-hmm. Name recognition. And I've said not to underestimate the name recognition. It means a lot. The man was vice president for eight and a half years. Yeah. So what they're saying is that more Iowa Democratic caucus goers are seeking a candidate who will pay attention to the needs of rural voters. Uh, This comes in when we're starting to say, well, if you're supporting two candidates at the same time, what is going to be the tiebreaker for you? Yeah. So what they're saying is when asked to choose between two candidates who are similar on the issues they care about, 51% of likely Democrat caucus voters choose a candidate who makes it a priority to engage with rural voters, which is why Kamala has been there like, what, nine times now? Mm-hmm. Um, while only 30% prefer one who makes it a priority to increase turnout in Iowa's largest cities and towns. Another 19% has no preference among rural Democratic voters in Iowa. This preference, 69% to 19% for the candidates who engages with rural voters. Voters who call themselves progressives, quote unquote, also agreed that it should be a priority to engage with rural voters by 51% to 29%. So, given that as Democrats we blundered so much in 2016, 2016, hello wine, Mm -hmm. with rural voters, there's a reason why they have taken on this, because that is what we did Horribly, we, we completely did. failed rural voters, and they made all the difference for Trump. So they're a
0: battleground
1: yeah. demographic for us,
0: yeah. And mm-hmm. that's
1: the reason why this poll was very important. Leading so the-
0: they they made the difference because, mm-hmm. and it was about seventy thousand, right? Seventy-five thousand. But let's not forget that a lot of people stayed home. Oh yeah, and a lot of people voted third party. They yes. voted for Obama, mm-hmm. and we don't know how many stayed home. No, because you don't ever know that number. Right. 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 Um, Obama brought in voters in droves. Yeah, people, there was a big people, And when I say droves, I mean they drove. Right, they drove. Mm-hmm. They stood in line for hours, rain, snow. They're it like didn't fucking. Matter. They're like a fucking mail person, right? Absolutely. They were going to vote for that man. Mm-hmm. Not once, but twice.
1: But I think the distinction so, here matters in the sense that there are rural states that voted for Obama that overwhelmingly went for Trump because they just couldn't feel the motivation from Hillary right. Clinton. And, and, and Hillary that's Hillary was fighting polarizing,
2: forward. which was, you know, she was polarizing. People yeah. felt either very strongly for her or they felt very strongly against her. Yeah. So
1: those people, those rural voters, we lost states of rural mm-hmm. voters to to Trump. So now there's the battle to try to get these rural voters back. For it to not make a difference here in the Democratic election this time around. So that's what this is about. And I really do hope that we focus more on not ignoring the rural voters and letting them know, look, you know what? We're not bringing coal jobs back, but we have great alternatives for you that are feasible, that are reasonable, where you can actually work and provide for your family. And don't be sold, you know, snake oil and be told that all of these things are going to happen that are not. You've had four years to, well, three now. Yeah. To realize you're not getting any of that shit. So here's how you move forward. Do you forward. really want that black lung? The what? Black lung?
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Do you? Do Yeah. Well, not only that, they need to go into the areas where Carrier shut down, where Harley Davis shut down. Right. Where, right. I mean, there's factories and stuff that, I mean, a, a year into Trump's presidency, mm-hmm. those places were being, not only were they taking their business elsewhere, they were getting paid to do it. Right. Right. Yeah. There were people in the Carrier factory packing up equipment and having to put a FedEx label on it to ship to Mexico uh-huh. and watching their job go away with the FedEx truck.
1: And yeah. it's time to get and those and people
0: it, back. And, yeah, it, yes. And, and it, we have to speak issues that matter to them. We can't ignore them. No, and no. who is that person that can do that? That's that's who it's going to boil down to. Right? And that's right. what
1: we're fighting over right now. And that person has to have yeah. serious, like, feasible economic policy. And, I mean, no one at this point can tell anybody that they're bringing coal back Because no, the robots, the robots, Jesus, hello, wine and African accent. The robots are doing all of that. So you need to be able to tell those coal
0: miners. Those. W- well, like coal miners need to. I mean, somebody needs to say, look, you could actually make way more money in green energy. Absolutely. And, and not die a black lung by the time right, you're 45 or right.
1: and, and here's what we're going to do through vocation programs and all of that to get you in that place where you don't have to pay anything. We're going to offer this and you and your family are set. But it's going to come with strategic and great economic policy. And yeah. that's
2: one of the things that Pete Buttigieg did with his in South Bend, is he yeah. talked to them. One of his big things he always said is that. The Studebaker plant is not coming back. Right. And he changed the way they looked at things. They have a new crop of young people that have moved into South Bend that are, uh, they're doing tech jobs and and different types of things. And, of course, I have none of my notes on all the great things But I think funding,
1: vocation programs and trades and all of that is where we're going to make, you know, a difference here. And really give people something that they can provide their families with without, again, selling them a false dream. And you have to get them to
2: understand that things can change and that's not always bad. You know, I, I think we...
1: Like, again, like you said, do you really want that black on? Right. You know? And I
2: saw an article not that long ago, and I can't remember if I shared it on my personal Facebook page or if I shared it from the... <laughs> <laughs> the bag, yeah. But uh, t- talking about Walmart, and I don't know about you guys, I love the Walmart deli- or pick- grocery pickup thing. Mm-hmm. I'm At midnight uh, or first thing in the morning while I'm making my coffee, I put together my grocery list, say I'm going to pick it up around 6 o'clock in the evening, And someone goes and grabs all my groceries. And Mm so,
1: yes. We do need you to start trying to use the Kroger version because Walmart is not great to their workers. Uh,
2: There is not a Kroger near Uh, me.
1: There is not a Kroger
0: near me. Every Kroger has shut down. down. I would gladly
2: do it. Okay. But you are gonna is, have to come to my side of town. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? Like the entire and town. And that's, that that's I live what in, Walmart does. I live in a town that has a population of a hundred thousand. It does not have a single Kroger. Jesus. Yeah. Right. But so back to what Walmart does is, you know, they people complain about the fact that we've got the automatic tellers, right? It's like, right. oh, I'm not going to use those things. That's putting people out of a job. No, what you've done is shift the skill set. Because absolutely, I would much rather pay for someone to pack up my groceries and deliver them outside to my car.
0: Then for me, then then for me to have to stand in line and that's a, able to and before. that's a weak argument, and it I'm gonna is. tell you why. Because if we if we had that type of attitude, we would still be in horse buggies, right? Right? right. Exactly. Things that that is a bad attitude to have because uh, technology progresses. It's called and, automation and, and humanity. And, it's a and humanity progresses whether you like it or, or not. not. And automation is taking over everything, y'all. Right. You, you, either, you either go with the flow and learn a new skill yeah. or move on and, and do something else. I mean, I've done it. I, I've changed industries three times. You guys. With my job. This, I mean, I've had to learn. I'm a salesperson. But right. I've had to learn three different industries with progression. Exactly. And, and, and that's just how it, I mean, and I've had to move. I've had to pick up my family. My, I mean, my dad did it growing up. Yes. Right? I mean. And
1: it happens, and the things that the government should aid in is making those transitions easier, right? Instead of making false promises. Like this weekend, you know, you guys, I spent the week in Vegas, and I got the chance to ride my first unmanned uh, lift. What? Yes, they've got self-driving. Really? What? Absolutely, the future is now. And the future is now. So you put it in, and so what they do do is that they have operators in the front two seats who are human, um, but they don't operate the vehicle at all. They're just operators. I guess it's beta testing or whatever they're doing. But you order it, and you have room and to sit in the back. And it comes and it's completely self-driving. And the operators are just there to do their reports or whatever. And it was a great experience. So that means, guess what that means? Less Uber drivers and less Lyft drivers on the roads. Because Uber is also, as a version of it, is coming out with a version of theirs. And they have completely self-driving vehicles out here. So within the next year or two, you're going to go out there. You're going to order your Lyft or your Uber. And it's going to be completely self-driving. And I don't know if the operators will still be in there or not. And that's where G- we're going.
0: Yeah. So GM um, mm-hmm. ha- uh, up north, actually, I mean, I know y'all, everybody heard about the layoffs that they had last year, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because they're investing in the self-driving mm-hmm. cars. So they stopped making a few, a few different trucks. Like mm-hmm. they completely stopped making them. Like they're not making them in another country, they're right. like that. They're just not they making stopped. Them. They 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 took down those lines. Yeah. And they're investing in self-driving cars, which needs less people on the line. I don't know all the right all the the details right yes
1: of course we completely freaked out the whole thing was so cool we were just marveling at how the fact that this car was driving itself the entire time And, you know, it was super neat to watch. And And if we're not
0: on the front of that, guess what? We'll be on the back end. We'll be on the back end. Just like we are with green energy. Right. We have been fighting the fucking Exxon Mm -hmm. and the oil people. I mean, they're lobbyists. They pay tons of money to keep that shit going. Right. And we all know where it is, right? It's in, I mean, if you drive to West Texas, which y'all saw on our trip, The
1: wind energy is a thing out there.
0: and you don't get cancer from it.
1: No, you don't. (laughs) And And they're not (laughs) windmills. Trump. Yeah. Wind
0: so, but I mean, you know, solar power, wind power, all of those things, that is the next thing. That's phase, the future. Right? I mean, the electric car was was developed in the 70s. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, and they and crushed him. All oil yes. companies have been at the forefront of trying to crush it, and the only person who has been successful at doing that is Tesla. Right. Uh, because he didn't need nobody. <laughs> and he has as much money as they right. do. Uh, but Elon like, Musk right.
0: loves Tesla. Was, yeah, because he's, he's the one who was crushed over and over again right right by all right. of the money yes. mongols right because right? he just had the brain and not the
1: so i think at this point power. we we need a, a president who has great economic knowledge in how to transition people out from one right. stage into the other and not making false promises and think that's going to be the difference whoever is the democratic candidate whatever whoever wants this block of voters is going to have to make real promises that are reasonable and feasible and are actually going to be fruitful
0: right so that's my tip I don't favorite. know how I got it off on the tangent of
1: it happens
2: it, it was, happens. was
0: the rural poll it's, it is it yeah it's wine. Yeah.
2: so next time <laughs> hopefully you'll have numbers for us for, with finances yes so the
1: quarter closes this week and then we'll have numbers at this upcoming pod awesome alright
0: so uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back sounds good <laughs> Ray, you got anything?
2: Uh, well, this is like kind of an assholey story. So I don't want to steal. I love a good asshole. I yeah. know.
1: Well, there's, so all, cool. there's, there's, always
0: of, there's always a lot of assholes. There's always a lot of assholes of the week. the shitty law. We we'll call him the, ba- the bastard of the day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's the shitty
2: law. <laughs> or so, bonus
0: asshole. Yeah.
2: Right? Okay. So you guys might have heard about this story of a 16-year-old who filmed himself raping an intoxicated 16-year-old. And in family court, they declined a motion to even try him because the judge said he was from a good family. He was an Eagle Scout. He's clearly a candidate for not just college, but probably a good college. And in the video, that Eagle Scout, you can actually hear him saying, when your first time having sex was rape.
1: Wow. I fucking can't. I just cannot.
2: I know. And I... I have seen this story pop up at least 10 times over the last couple days. Now, what I wasn't getting, because what was happening, and if you are like me, what was happening is you saw the headline about 16-year-old good family, and then you just raged, or rapist good family. Right. You raged. Right. But what we might have been missing was that, fortunately, the appeal system did better than that family court judge did. Because the appeals court stepped in, they rebuked the family court judge, they transferred the case from family court to a grand jury where that bitch will be treated as an adult.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. So by the perseverance of of the family of the victim? Yes. Okay.
2: So a little bit, and I don't trigger warning for anyone that is a victim of rape, and this is concerning to you, so you might want to just hit fast forward a little bit probably spent about 3 minutes on this. Uh this 16-year-old was visibly intoxicated. Her speech was slurred when this 16-year-old boy sexually assaulted her. She was so visibly is, impaired. Visibly. Yes. He was there was in a dark basement during an alcohol-fueled pajama party. The boy filmed himself penetrating her from behind. Her torso was exposed. Her head was hanging down. And he later not only did he videotape all of this, but What do you do when you videotape if you are a horrible, shitty little 16-year-old? You post it. You You share that cell phone video amongst your friends. And he sent a text that said, when your first time having sex was rape. But that shitty family court judge, he said it wasn't rape. Because maybe it's just sexual assault. Because rape is reserved for someone that is attacked at gunpoint by strangers.
1: That's what the family court said? This judge is what said? that
2: stupid ass family court judge said. What law said?
1: school did that judge go to? I with? don't know. Okay. He's from New Jersey. Because he needs to be disbarred? He really does. Because technically by the law, that's not what rape means
2: at all. It's not. No. No. And he had said that the young man came from a good family, attended an excellent school, had so terrific pretty grades. pretty much like
0: what the Stanford rapists, they were yes. like, why, why would we exactly. ruin this boy's life? Exactly. Exactly. By to prison. And by
1: letting him go on and be some corporate head that ends up raping his
0: subordinates people, yeah. and yeah. other people around him. Yeah. Why
1: would we break this cycle of rape? Right. Let or, these fuckers fail upward. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Or, or, you know, I don't know, become president one day.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, But also, so, let's just point out this kid. I'm just... I am just going to take a wild guess here that he's white.
2: It's never mentioned, but I feel like
1: because <laughs> yeah. I can't a safe imagine assumption.
0: that they would be saying this about a young black man at I, 16 years. It, old.
1: We've had young black men convicted of rape on
2: lists. Yes. Mm-hmm. And let's okay, let's not even because we don't know. Let's not even put race into it. But we can definitely put privilege into it. Yeah. The privileged teenager. They he came from a good family, you know, and that whole eagle ego eagle, eagle scout Hello, wine. <laughs> the judge said that prosecutors should have explained to the girl and her family that pressing charges would destroy this boy's life. So can you imagine you are talking to a girl who has been raped and are saying that the prosecutor should have told her and her family. They should
1: have told them not to bother seeking justice because justice doesn't exactly. exist against privileged white males. This boy is white. We've confirmed. He is.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just
1: think, yeah. Now, the judge has been sharply rebuked
2: by an appeals court in a scathing, 14-page ruling. I can't wait to read that, it. Right. That warned the judges against showing bias towards privileged teenagers. What I find here is that there's a little bit more of a story of, of the incident that happened. The victim was identified only as Mary. That's an alias. And before the episode, both teenagers walked into a darkened area of the basement. Mary stumbled as She walked. And while on the sofa, a group of boys sprayed Febreze on her bottom, and they slapped it with such force that the following day, she had hand marks on her buttocks. And after the assault, the assailant left the room. Some of his concerned friends checked on her, and they found her on the floor vomiting. And then she was driven home by a friend's mom. But when she woke up the following morning, she was confused about her torn clothing and bruises on her body, and she told her mom she feared sexual assault. Had happened at the party without her consent. I know this is a thing that a lot of people say that you shouldn't force victims to press charges right away or right. anything like that. And you know, I I have hard hard thoughts about that just because I feel like we can't convict anybody if we don't have the information. And right. then I don't want I don't want these girls to be or girls or women to be or men for that matter um, to be a year down the line. Or 10 years or 15, like we've seen so often, trying to accuse somebody of something that happened. And there is no... The burden of proof is on who? Because you don't have any evidence, right. you know? So when I see these things, I always wish that... Oh, I wish they had said something at the time it happened, when it happened. And so when I see this 16-year-old girl who was at a party where they were drinking and all these things where all the shit could be thrown at her face... You know, she may be wondering what her mom would think, but she still was brave enough to say, I think something happened to me. I think something sexual Mm -hmm. happened against, without my consent, that she was willing to come forward. And then you have this fucking judge who's just like, eh, you may ruin his life. So let's not do anything. Yeah. Again, we as often as the story, we hear about these girls that are, or these victims that are re-victimized because over the next several months, she learned that, the assailant had shared the video among friends. And then when he confronted, he denied recording the encounter, said his friends were lying. And eventually she learned that the boy continued to share the video. And so later that year is when the mom cons- contacted the authorities and ultimately pursued the criminal charges. Good for so, her. So, you know, this story is still developing. Um, right. Hopefully we'll, we'll find out more. I'd love to hear the story that this guy ends up getting convicted but we need more appellate. First of all, we need more appellate court judges and we need good judges yeah. that are going to get rid of their bias because it is not right that what happened, whether that boy is privileged or not, what happened to that girl, should it be a crime? That is a horrible crime. They, I don't, I don't know even, why
0: I never went to family court in the beginning because he was 16. But see so the thing about it, that's, that still confuses me though. So that was the DA's decision is to send it to family court because I mean I if you go to a so. police station and you say I was raped, sexually assaulted, whatever, blah blah blah. I mean that's a criminal investigation,
2: right? That he was 16, so maybe in New York, in New Jersey, I don't. I don't have that aspect of okay. it in my notes, but... Um, Maybe it
0: automatically goes? I think it's
2: one of those things where they have the discretion. Yeah. there's a lot of things. And right. so we've talked about this before, that district attorneys have discretion. You know, the prosecutor's well, yeah. office has that discretion. Well, so
1: the thing about it is that this being New Jersey's, the New Jersey law allows a juvenile to be trialed as an adult if they're accused of a serious crime. But because of Judge Troyano, is his name? Yes. Yes. Uh said so a traditional case of rape generally involves to a more male using a weapon, due to what you said. Sometimes in an abandoned shed or shack, he gave the exact scenario, circumstances not matching the teen's alleged crime. It should... So a basement is not rape. With a weapon, in, with, with no weapon involved, is not rape. And I don't... This is not confirmed. This is just my speculation. I honestly feel like this judge knew this family because it's CBS looked into Toriano's background and they didn't find a pattern of leniency um, so far as any other things that he's prosecuted or throwing the book at other people. And then the prosecutor's office said that they were weighing their options. If they decide to indict, the case will then move from family court to a grand jury. Or the teenager will be tried in his adult. But the judge is the one that set precedent for this. Right. uh, Because he basically said by his definition, not the law's definition. Mm -hmm. By his, that this isn't rape. And this is disgusting. This is disgusting by a person who is supposed to uphold the law and follow the law as it's written. He basically wrote his own definition of what rape looks like. And I'm disgusted. He did. He did.
2: And I don't know if, like you said, either this is one of those cases of where the family of the assailant... Knew the judge. If there was a little bit of that, or if it's just the well, matter so of. Well,
1: say that he comes from a good family. I don't. I, I think it that. just
2: if you, if maybe he goes to a a good school, you know, like an upper crust school kind of thing. Like you just kind of. Or is
0: I mean, on, you we still. Of, I know that we still don't know if this boy's white or not, but that could just be it. <laughs> Right. You start we, looking at
2: different things, you know. Yeah. What you know in family court, they talk about which school he went to. He talked about the mm. fact that he's got good grades. If his parents testify, things or like, that. like that. Yeah, and it just, Scout, it's just we using all these things.
0: Yeah,
1: and with judges like these, I mean, <laughs> fucking peach. You know, it's just yeah. So I, I have an inclination that he may have known the family. Just given the fact that he has no record of leniency whatsoever. This is the first time he has ever stated the fact that someone didn't need to be tried.
2: Yeah. And also we don't know the ethnicity or whatnot of the girl.
1: We don't know so the we could easily of see that
2: he's kinda of, maybe he has a little bit of a, a bias. A bias towards, you know, girls like yeah. that or
1: easy yeah. And the thing the like fact that. that CBS did an investigation and stated that they looked into his prior cases and he'd never been lenient like this Mm -hmm. before leads me to think one thing I think this family knows this judge Yeah, and him stating he comes from a good family that sounds like somebody who knows the family and I mean good god can you imagine not being able to go out and get your rapist convicted because the judge happens to know the family no matter if the victim is white black, green or purple that's just stupid as shit and I honestly feel like he should be disbarred. Yeah. Because this is, this when you, as as a person who's lawyers, judges are lawyers. And yeah. as a person who's barred and has to follow the law by the book, when you start making up your own laws of what rape looks like, you're setting a dangerous precedent because every, Absolutely. every case, Says that's precedent for does. anything to follow. And how many people are going to come out here and say, well, it's not really rape. It wasn't in a shed. We were in, were in a barn. We were in a yeah. barn. Yeah. So this is definitely dangerous. And I, whatever, the New Jersey, whatever bar, state bar, needs to definitely be looking closely at this to see if this is the president. Do, the they, um, do they have a trial date? No. Okay. I didn't see anything about that. So let's try it. The prosecutor's office hasn't decided. They're weighing their options. And if they decide to indict... Then they will move the case to family court to a grand jury where the teenager would then be charged as an adult. Mm. Move it from family court. From family, family court. Excuse court. Okay. me. Yes. All right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So is that all we got?
1: So that's
2: it on I the. Think, I think it's a lot <clears throat> on the, this week. What did we. What was I calling him? The good family rapist.
0: Oh, <sighs> that's assuming me. Spock that out. threw up in my mouth. I know.
2: Oh my God! I'm not
0: laughing. I'm just. I'm just. That's
2: sometimes if that's, you don't laugh, you're gonna oh my cry. God, so. It's so
0: horrible. It's
2: All right. So, so before we move on to yes. anything else, can I get a refill? I need a glug. A glug glug, oh, me, sis. Do you have any more? Do you yes. have some left?
1: We have something. Nice. Ah, Finish. Enjoy job. that cab, baby.
2: <laughs> Wait. That's the red blend. Intermingle.
1: Oh yes, that's the um, it's a red
2: blend. I'm an intermingle.
1: All right, Ray. You ready? Oh One, my God! Here it goes.
2: You an asshole, asshole, baby. Baby.
1: You,
0: you an asshole, asshole baby. You, you an asshole. You an asshole, baby. You an asshole. Okay. <laughs> right, so who do you have for us as an asshole this week? Well, lots S- of holes, choices. Lots of choices.
1: Um, but there's one prominent asshole this week, this month, this year, this quarter. Oh uh, this, we've already had an asshole for de- decades. You got this this sort of, of the, of the century. The asshole of all of American history. Oh my god! Uh, goes to President Trump. Um, This asshole sells itself. I'm in great till they got (laughs) to be. Yes. and (laughs) Honestly, this is something that we can all talk about. This sells itself. Like I said, this has been a long time coming. I have resisted for a long time to give President Trump an asshole of the week because he's been naturally an asshole asshole. every day. Um, But this week was especially important given that this year we're celebrating the independence of this nation. And given that You know, July 4th, 1776, am I correct? Didn't Uh give freedom to everybody. And this is a sore spot for all of us. We've always celebrated the notion of America and what America has to offer and what people here come and search for and what the American dream is. And never before at a time like this has that dream ever been so... Not attainable, right? We've got people in cages. We've got people who are Americans. Uh, we've talked about this briefly. We don't have water. We're living in the harshest of conditions, living in third world conditions in a first world country. But meanwhile, our president will allocate funds from the National Park Services to a dick show contest where he wants to measure up to the other dictators and take mm-hmm. that funding so that he can parade around how powerful that he feels inside of his heart when nobody takes him seriously. Right. And... The reason why this president is an asshole is that he doesn't put God and country first. He puts Trump and Trump first. He doesn't even put his own family or his own wife first. It's only about him. And the reason why this is so jarring and why it hurts is that the United States has long been the beacon of independence, the beacon of freedom. It sits at the top of Mount Freedomist, if you want to call it. And it is what every nation hopes to emulate. Me as an immigrant, while my parents came here. That's why so many
0: people want to come here.
1: That's the reason why my parents came here. It was America. It's only you known it's, it's as if America is not part of a larger continent. It's not as if as if America is not broken down in two parts, the South yeah. and North. It's as if America only means one nation. That's how big the United States is. Right. And we have a tyrant right. <laughs> sitting in the highest office in the land, in the highest office in the world, who does not care about anything other than about how his ego merges up and how it hurts people. And I'm just I'm giving President Trump the asshole. Of the century because this presidency is gonna have repercussions for years to come. Definitely. Just these couple of years that he's had. A lot of there's a lot of undoing yeah. that's gonna take us years, whether it the be Supreme. the Supreme Court. Oh. <laughs> We're always on the We're right, right, We're there, right, there. right there, Whether it be the Supreme yeah. Court, whether it be anything, there are a lot of things that we have to undo. This man does not represent what America is. It's just a small fraction of people who feel like this is white supremacy's last stand and that he stands for them. He doesn't represent the ever changing demographics of what this country looks like, the states, the country, whatever. He's not America's president. He's the president to a very select few, yeah. and he's okay with that. Um, but we're, you know, coming on to a new dawn, and hopefully we can elect a new president. But um, Trump is definitely a mark—a uh, very dark mark on a- any of the forty-five presidents who have served this country, and he's by far the worst of them all. Our,
2: you know, for, speaking for Michelle and I, our lifetime. Nixon has been that one with the dark mark, right. yeah. right. you know, more than any other, and, and Trump is going to
1: trump that. He's going to trump that, and because everything that he does is unapologetic and very much purposeful, he doesn't care about who he divides, how he divides the nation, uh, who he railroads, who's he, who he's keeping in cages, which of our morals that he violates. He doesn't care about any of that. All he cares about is how he could measure up to being the biggest and the baddest and quite frankly that's sad because in an effort to try to measure up as being the biggest and the baddest he makes America look so small at a time where we don't even ever have to look so small because we've always been the best nation people look up to us is the beacon of democracy and we're definitely the laughingstock of the world so this asshole is asshole of the century it's right it writes itself and honestly we don't have to ever have an asshole every week <laughs> because he'll give us more and more content but this he's yeah. so
0: dangerous to I the country for the day where we don't ever have to fucking talk about him ever again.
1: Oh, my gosh. And I long for the same day. And given that, you know, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party, whatever, Republicans, Democrats, we've all been, you know, we've had our differences. But we've always respected the office. We could all come together when a president was in office and say, that's the president, whether it's Bush with 9-11 and bringing the country together or any other president that came before him. We've always been able to say, he's the president, we respect him, and that's just how it is. But it hasn't been this way with this president because he truly does not care about this country and everything that he upholds is personal agenda and it's all about Trump and how it can line his
0: pockets well, and not only that to benefit too, him. It's, and nobody's, hold, nobody's holding his feet to the fire.
1: And yeah, and I mean, um, quite honestly, find me in the next couple of weeks while I give the Republican Party Asshole of the Week yeah. because they for people who care... For so people will say that they care about the Constitution and dub themselves constitutionalists, uh-huh. and that they preserve what America is all about. They have filled every corner right. to protect this democracy. And so,
0: asshole, the week goes to Trump and his cronies.
1: Congratulations, <laughs> fucker! Congratulations.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Mishy. Excellent job. Michi. Excellent job. Loved it. So as always, we like to end on a good note, a positive note, with "Raise
1: bear, bear the Day." <laughs> Day, bay, bay, ray,
0: bay, 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 bay. Day, bay day of the day by Ray. Bay, day, bay. Who is our
2: bay of the day? Okay, today. so this one, we've got a, another first with our bays. You know how I like, you know, first we had our first child that was a bay. Then oh. our first dog that was a bay, or a non-human. Yeah. Well, this one is our first legislative body that is a bay. Oh, hey! Oh. Hey, elected officials, Bay. Right? So today's Bay of the Day goes to the Maine legislature, who in June passed a pair of bills that are aimed at lessening the impact of the so-called welfare cliff. This is one that Michelle oh, and I have yeah. personal experience of falling off the fucking welfare cliff. Yes. Tell us Many more. years ago. Okay. They easily cleared the legislature with a bipartisan unanimous vote in both the House and the Senate. Oh, Did y'all hear that? Wow. Bipartisan, bipartisan. Unanimous. Yay. Yes. Wow. So these two bills are called the invest in tomorrow package and they're aimed at keeping families that are transitioning from welfare to working from losing their health, financial, and educational benefits until they're earning enough to fully
1: support themselves. Which, oh, duh, this wow. is one thing
2: Michelle oh and I have
1: forever. And yes. it's also beneficial because they don't end up on welfare if they have that ability to transition. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So one of the measures raised the income limits for temporary assistance to needy families, called TANF, while the other allowed those enrolled in state-funded education and job training programs to gradually earn more money before they lost all assistance. The bills are sponsored by House Speaker Sarah Gideon, a Democrat, and Assistant House Minority Leader Trey Stewart, a Republican.
0: Oh, stop it. My heart is fluttered. I know, I know. <laughs> people working from the from other sides of the oh aisle. People
1: no. doing what's best for people. Right. And doing what they're elected to do. Oh, my God. Yes.
2: So the term <laughs> welfare cliff refers to the total loss of benefits that can occur when someone achieves even a relatively low level of income. Like you make a dollar past whatever that limit is, boom, your ass fell off the cliff. Yeah. Wow. You so, lose it all. Yeah. Supporters of the bill say losing benefits because of a relatively minor increase in income is a disincentive for people seeking a higher paying job or to gain no, skills. No shit,
0: Sherlock. Earner. I know. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I knew this 30 years ago. I know. So, so, fuck?
1: I'm older so, than I am. <laughs>
2: God. So Democrat Gideon, in her testimony to lawnmakers, to lawnmakers?
0: Hello, <laughs> Hello, uh,
2: lawmakers in support of one of the bills said a family of three... And I need y'all to sit down for these numbers because it's going to make your heart hurt. A family of three must have a gross income of less than
0: $12,276
2: to qualify for TANF.
0: Get the fuck out of
2: here.
0: $12,276. Are you kidding me? And that's gross. Right.
2: Gross. Oh, yeah, Yeah, not, not after taxes. Oh. Under the bill approved in June... That same family of three would qualify for TANF if its income was up to 88% of the federal poverty line or 18870 per year, which is still not a lot. But when you talk about that, that's a third more money yeah. than what they could have had. That $6,000 more a year is life-changing.
0: And is still- it a sliding scale, though? Or are they still receive? or they basically raise the bar, that- or they raise the limit that you can make and still receive TANF? I don't know. Okay. It it didn't say that part.
2: So, Stewart's bill increased the earnings limit for SNAP, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, or like everybody has called it for forever. Food stamps. (laughs) They got rid of the name food stamps, and they call it this, but we all call it food stamps. It's the Lone Star card. Exactly. (laughs) Well, in Texas, it's Lone Star card. Oh, sorry. I do believe that
1: it was changed from food stamps to SNAP to remove the stigma. Could be. Yeah. Could be. No, it is. I know. I'm okay.
2: About. But I'm just saying the fact that it didn't move the stigma. <laughs> because everybody still calls exactly. fucking the fucking st- Exactly. The,
1: there was always so much stigma between going up there and people saying full stamps and people taking the vouchers out and using them that they yes. had to change it to the debit card, I believe. Right. So that people we can use yeah. 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 yeah.
0: But now yeah. people just know what that is and they know it's not is. Yeah. The stigma follows exactly. it. I know. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: They tried. They yeah. failed. Oh, well.
0: Yeah. I never uh, experienced it. I know, me too.
1: Okay. So but I must say, it's probably easier to go up to the check checkbook line and use a debit card instead of having to count out your whole stamps. You little... Because apparently cars. they had a huge problem uh, yes. with people standing in the back of the line going, oh, my taxpayer dollars are paying for your groceries. And people are like, it was an occurrence, believe it or not, oh. over and over again of people in the oh. line going, oh, so I'm paying for your groceries and I'm having oh, to stand oh, in line. Did you buy a bottle of soda? Right. You got a bottle of soda? Did you buy a steak? oh right oh, and yeah. there was a lot of that coming with, for people who were Are buying, buying i had a friend who worked
0: at HEB, and i specifically went through her line when i was yeah. on assistance so that i did not have to deal with that
1: and it was partially the debit cards and changing the name to remove yeah. that stigma. Oh, okay. oh my god because people fucking suck can we name this episode people <laughs> fucking <laughs>
2: suck thank you i know in my experience because i i was on it before they had debit cards mm-hmm. i got it when they had the paper And I always look for the youngest person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People
2: fucking suck.
0: So you get the look. Exactly.
2: Okay. So let's bring it back. I know.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Okay.
2: So Stewart's bill increases the earning limits for SNAP or food stamps while allowing a TANF recipient to apply the time spent studying for a GED toward work and education requirements. So if you don't even have your GED. And so Gideon said... We have the chance to make real positive change in the lives of Mainers experiencing poverty for families who are struggling and only want better, brighter futures for themselves and their kids. If we make the investments that are called for in these bills, we're going to see the dividends pay off in a big way for our state's economy today and in the years to come. And this is so true because. You know, you think about this money. They're not when you're making eighteen thousand eight seventy per year, and you get a little extra. You're not going out and investing in stock. No. Eighteen thousand
1: dollars is not living
2: on, right? You are going out and buying clothes. You are buying shoes. You're buying toilet paper. You're paying rent. You're doing all the you're buying gas to get yourself to work uh, that medicine, you could now go to all like the over the counter stuff that you and can't get diapers exactly getting these people to stay means these less people have to end up in food banks mm-hmm. or even worse you know just going without yeah. you know yeah. and we know yeah. that getting good nutrition when you're young can it's have life changing yeah. and Ray, I
1: don't even mean to steal this from you but I want to give a small shout out on your on our behalf to the Louisville school district. Because Louisville School District has been giving meals, breakfast, and lunch to students who normally get free lunches or even adults who are transient or going anywhere that they can buy breakfast for $1.85 oh, or giving wow. those free uh, lunches to kids who need them without any questions asked. So, shout out to that. Yeah, Not to wonderful. And there may be other school districts doing that. There it, may be other school but districts. But where in are So, them.
0: Louisville, for those out-of-state um, joint delegates, uh, Louisville's uh, school district just outside the DFW area. We're
2: Missy and I. And maybe, yeah. yeah we'll so so we
0: would love to hear if you live in, I don't know, Indiana or Washington or whatever. Yeah, We have yeah, got, you got the followers
2: in New York and, and, and Indiana now. Yeah, I would Please. love to
0: hear if there's other school districts doing that. Because yeah. I would apparently, love to give them, I would just love to share their posts, like,
1: and apparently it's a heavily utilized program in Louisville
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: because these kids who only rely on meals for breakfast and lunch at school once they're in summer, they don't know where else to eat. Right. So that continues it on. So yeah, yeah. Awesome. sorry wonderful. to interrupt. But but no, I thought you're it was fine. It was right on, on topic. I mean,
2: we're saying, they're talking about they're having a chance to make real positive changes, you know? Robin Merrill, who's the executive director of Maine Equal Justice, said that passing these bills is the first big step to advance the Invest in Tomorrow policy agenda that will increase economic security and opportunity for Maine kids and families, which reflects the thinking of community members, stakeholders, and experts all over the state. The bipartisan effort we've seen to make a real issue for Maine families in our state is inspiring, and it shows that poverty is not a partisan issue. It's something we all care about. And I wish, wish that more states felt like mm-hmm. that. The president of the Maine State Chamber of Converse, Commerce. Commerce.
1: <laughs> Hello, one. Hello. One. don't cut this? Yes. Yes. Don't it, cut it. I know right here. I know that the, the chamber of Trump <laughs> Taylor, right? Um, the main this state This is the chamber. most
0: that Ray's drinking one night in a long time. Oh my God. And everybody's it,
2: getting to witness it. Oh my God. <laughs> The president of the main state See what it chamber feels like, Ray, when you farmers. fuck up? <laughs> Um, And the Maine State Chamber of Commerce also backed the bill package as part of their coalition. Yes. (laughs) Said that the legislation will help Maine employers by increasing the workforce and equipping their workers with more skills. So there's a benefit with that. And then Stuart said that the measures are meant to encourage people to seek work, which is what we've always said. Yes. People, the majority of people on welfare want to work.
1: Nobody wants to be on welfare. No.
2: no. And these, so Stuart said, These hardworking individuals have aspirations for themselves and their families that far exceed their current situation and status. They simply need a targeted and coordinated hand up, along with some good advice from experts in this area in order to make it happen. So these two measures, which funded with eleven million dollars a year from federal block grants, now head to the governor's desk. And considering it's a bipartisan, yeah. unanimous vote, it, it should pass. So they're pretty much expecting it to sail through. Aw,
1: congratulations and so to Maine, you Maine!
2: Who are not the maniacs; they are mainers. <laughs> you are our Bay of the bay Day. Of day. Right. Slow clap
1: for Maine. Good for you. You're the Maine Bay you in the main thing. Oh, good <laughs> one, Missy. See, see we're, not, we're not that slow. We're not that
0: slow. Or drunk. Or <laughs> drunk, yeah.
1: That is really awesome, Rae. Thank you for that. You're
0: welcome. All right. So, ladies. I think that's it. Oh, that is it.
1: All
0: nice right.
1: Nice pod. Nice pod. All right. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say something. If you go on our iTunes Ooh. and you leave us a review, or if you go on Spotify and you subscribe please add us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. And as an incentive, we'll do a shot for a topic of your choice in exchange and just drop us your name and we'll be able to double check the reviews and we'll really appreciate it. We're trying to get to a hundred reviews. It's not that hard because we have subscribers and we have you guys who are listening in the shadows. We want you to subscribe and comment. And as an incentive, well, we'll do whatever topic you decide. Yeah, thank absolutely. you so much. So, love yeah, it. Our host will now do her All pillow.
0: right. <laughs> Stay <a> testy, <laughs> my friends.
1: Thank you. I'm that so drunk. Was so salon. So tired. So so oh my God. Tough. I love are that you? interview. I'm, oh
0: my God. <sighs> <sighs> it's because you're tired. <sighs> <sighs> Jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening to Drunk Bitches in Politics. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DBAPpod. If you have questions or suggestions, email us at drunkbepolitics at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. It's the best way to show your support and spread the word.